0: For something new. Uh, time coming through. Uh, uh, Welcome to The Conversations with Jason Campbell and Henrietta Galena.
1: Hello. Uh,
0: in this episode, we are going to talk about business of fashion voices. And do we have an actual... Well, I guess we could ask ourselves, what is business of fashion voices? I would like
1: to know, because I feel like I have quite peripheral knowledge of it, because I think you have to really be there to understand what it is beyond the idea that it's the BOF's annual conference.
0: Exactly. I, 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 this was the first time I attended the conference, and it was, I don't think I would have gathered exactly, I would have grasped exactly what it was without having experienced it. Though I've been to a myriad of these kind of events, so, you know, over the last 25 years, um, this, this, this stood on its own. And to to add some to sort of add some definition to this, essentially, business of fashion voices they do an annual um, event, uh, a talk, let's say, in Oxfordshire in the Cotswolds in England, and they assemble some of the greatest minds in fashion and adjacent industries and and beyond. So it's a real talk about a cross pollination of. Um, of ideas and sort of like some of the big ideas that are out there in fashion are raised in these, in these conferences and issues from human rights to, you know, gender equality and all sorts of things that are going on in culture. And I have to say that they do a a fantastic job of curating, you know, the kind of talents that, um, that speak at this event and that assemble there. And it really lends for a very, very rich, Rich uh, dialogue and just a a, a rich grouping of people. I I, I have to say, I met some of the smartest people uh, at this event that I that I've I've ever met, and people who are passionate about their their issues and incredibly incredibly knowledgeable um, on them. And they really—it was a very diverse. It was a really really diverse group of people uh, that spans that spans the globe. You know, that spans the globe and speaking on speaking so wonderfully. Uh, about their causes and their issues, I was really, really struck, and we'll we'll break down some of the some of the talents that I was um that I was particularly struck by. But it really was a, a very powerful. It was a b- very powerful gathering. You know, in this age, one thing I will say in this age, I am. It's just not enough for um for me to experience a a wonderful event where people talk about the you know the the important issues and so on and so forth. It, that's not enough for me in this age, you know. It's, it, it's very important for me that action and solutions are a part of the agenda of these kind of, um, kind of gatherings. And to some extent, it was there, but I would say for the most part, it, was, it felt like it was just bringing out the issues, having them discussed in these, in these great forms with these strong minds, and essentially leaving it there for, you know, whomever to pick up and do with as they well, please. What is
1: the overarching point? Is it, is, is kind of the industry talking to the industry? Or is there a public component? Is there a workshop component? Is there an actionable component? What is, what's the
0: goal output? I would say it's definitely speaking to the industry. And it's speaking to the industry, not just, you know, just straight down the line of like, where are you manufacturing? What are the trends? And that is not, is not that black and white. It's it's very, very, very cultural. It really speaks to um, anything from you know human rights condition in in India to not including exotic skins and and fur in your photo shoot to also to the to the state of Iranian fashion and those sort of things. So it really was the
1: goal that an executive, multiple executives, or decision makers would be in the audience and be able to take the knowledge and you know, impart that onto their teams and, and put action into place based on what they've learned from BOF Voices?
0: Absolutely. For example, one of the big themes I would say that emerged from this Voices is that Africa is the new frontier. Yes, we've been hearing the percolations um out there, but in this forum, it was definitively understood that Africa is the next continent to 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 do business in. And, you know, we had uh, talks from from a from a representative from Lagos Fashion Week to a representative from a manufacturing plant there, and they they sort of are talking about the landscape. They're talking about how it actually is now. You may be hearing these buzzy things about Africa, but they actually talk about how it is on the ground, where they are in that development, um, to actually being able to receive. X amount of manufacturing from across the globe. So you were able to get a firsthand knowledge from people from the region that are actively working in those industries, that are actually working on those efforts. And they're they're giving you the to the minute um read on that situation. Likewise, with the with the with the Iranian woman, for example, there was, there was an, a, a fantastic, fantastic forum. Um I'll give you the proper name of it. Is a fashion industry operating in the underground, Iran. And Hoda Khatibi. And uh, this design duo, Shirin and Shiva, um, Vakar, their line is called Vakar, I believe. And they just really, they just gave us a very, very lucid, clear, and also devastating picture on on the situation in Iran. But what was also exciting was that we know that things are going on there. By hook or by crook, you know, this design duo and others are, you could only imagine, like, getting materials, (laughs) shipping, and all these sort of, like... Hurdles that one would have to uh, leap over in order to do any business coming out of Iran. So those kind of things, though it may be at its infancy, though we only have a single example, it was very, it was very illuminating to get that delivery from, um, to get that delivery from from these from these young women, and particularly this woman, um, Hoda Katibi. She lives between, she lives in Chicago, I believe, but just a, a an incredible mind who was unapologetic and so smart. Like these are the kind of characters that I was I was most drawn to, particularly the younger, unapologetic ones. They were not talking about any half measures. <laughs> they were just like, oh no 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 no, that system is mired in patriarchy and colonialism, and we need to upend it from the from the ground you know from the ground up. They were very and also being incredible the way that they 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 supported their arguments was incredibly strong you know these weren't just like wanted children who want want to create a revolution they were they were they were young smart highly educated uh, young people who have actionable plans to improving a particular situation dependent on their on their on the issues that they were discussing it was very it was very illuminating in that way
1: hmm. that sounds really impressive so what were the what was is there a theme or like if not, what were the main takeaways from BOF Voices? What were the main kind of focus points?
0: Well, you know what? I'm going to give you some of the, some of the, the, the headlines or the top lines to the, to the sections, to the different talks over the course of the day. Uh, one of them was the wider world. And then inside the fashion system, technology and innovation, new consumers and new markets, and live your best life.
1: Live your best life. Live your best life. So What was that one
0: about? <laughs> well, it it, it 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 included a few things actually. It included his name it slips me in the moment, but for example, uh a collaborator of of um what's the artist uh, gray here, Excuse me. Soup cans. Warhol. Warhol, yes. <laughs> he was a collaborator of Warhol and also a poet and so forth. And um And Tim Blanks did an interview, rather, no, not Tim Blanks did an interview, uh, Jefferson Hack did an interview with him. And he essentially, I mean, I I would have to, I will say this wasn't the highlight of the event for me, but he did speak about his experience. He seemed to have lived a very idyllic life and he was there for all these um, iconic moments, not knowing it at the time, but have gone on to be iconic moments. And he spoke about his his life, you know, you know, running around with Inez de la Frisange. and and he he was just name dropping so many so many characters to have lived from the the seventies through the eighties and so forth and that that was an interesting sort of. I was just uh, intrigued by the name
1: because I feel like live your best life based on everything you'd said. I was like, oh, is it literally this idea of this new idea of luxury or is it live your best life? Do you get one? Let's talk about sustainability and you know. So I I was interested to see which way
0: that. Well, topic would have gone. I feel like I have sort of, you know, accelerated to the end, but this is not the end of this conversation, obviously. But um, under that umbrella, under that living your best life, the most, one of the most poignant talks to me was from Alok uh, Vimenon. And he speaks to, he spoke on clothes having no gender. And that he, I, I mean, I, I will not do, we're going to have him on this podcast. We're going to have him on this podcast. I don't even want to preempt um much of what he had to say. But in any case, he spoke so unapologetically about why is why are there um gender lines? Why is there women's and a men's magazine who determined that and why is it so? The point that we're at right now is to completely, completely um collapse any sort of divide in between genders and anything goes. He gave his, you know, he gave his presentation in makeup and a dress and his obviously this speaks very close to, <laughs> it, it, it cuts very close to my heart, you know, in that I've been living, I've been living that truth for a very long time. I've never understood gender lines and so on and so forth, but he just made such a compelling argument. And in a room like this, in a room like this, I'm sure it was quite, uh, you know, it was kind of slap for many people because I don't know that they're necessarily there. But what I love is that he was so brash about it. His argument was so, what you, can, you could not challenge it because it was so sound and, um, and, and he was able to really, I think, really capture the attention of an audience like this. And they, as I said, they may not be there yet, but the way that he delivered it, I have no doubt that they were forced to pay attention. And they may be mulling over this, 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 this concept and this idea in their head in short order. So I thought that was really, really, really powerful. And for him, living his best life, obviously, is living the life as true to him as he knows without compromise as he feels it and he also feels that everyone else should be afforded the same uh the, the the same liberty and the same freedom in in living their life you know that your best life is living the life that you want to mm-hmm. live
1: that's actually really interesting and I look forward to meeting him because ultimately that is a an interesting conversation to have within the infrastructure of fashion because oh. there are so many obstacles to getting you there oh that need to be upended in order for you to do that and achieve those
0: But, ideals. you know, for him, you know, that one obstacle is, the, the main obstacle is just the mind. If, you, if you're just able to embrace that or, you know, at least see the erosion of certain lines, again, that you didn't really have a hand in determining. It was just sort of hand down to you. And again, if you really look at the variables, why is it so? Money. That, <laughs> that's yeah. You know, why is it so? And I'm gonna I'm gonna give some of the highlights from the respective um you know the respective sections. For example, the wider world, Extinction Rebellion. There, Clay Farrell spoke uh, sp- spoke to that. And are you familiar with Extinction Rebellion? It's a really radical group that they're they're based in England. That they do a lot of protestation surrounding. Um, yeah, you must have. Yeah. Yeah, you must have, yeah, yeah. Um, heard of exactly that about, s- about sustainability mm-hmm. and so forth. And they really, they really go in. They're disruptors. They shut things down. Oh
1: yeah, As, I mean it was Black Friday yesterday. They were not silent.
0: Oh no, 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 they were not silent. <laughs> they certainly were not silent on Black Friday. And yes, and that's their position now inside the fashion system. Um, Alexi Lubram. Lubomirski, you know the photographer, mm. sort of the, the the
1: royal photographer.
0: The well, yes, he's he's known as the royal photographer. I, I is know that not him. his job. Well, yes, he did shoot the royal family, but I know him as sort of Mario's assistant, who was the next with oh, the next Mario, Mario Testino, is who I'm who I'm speaking about. So I've I've known him as sort of the Mario's assistant who did well, and his story,
1: his what did his, he have to say about well, uh, it dearly was, departed Mario.
0: Well, no, he didn't mention Mario. It wasn't about that. It um, was about his
1: departed from the industry, I feel. I didn't mean like he
0: died. No, no, no. That wasn't that wasn't the subject of his conversation at all. But what he spoke about was his journey to not shooting fur and exotic skins in any of his photo shoots. And I have to say that it was um it was a lovely talk to the extent he's a very he's a quite an attractive man. He he told his story very well. And it was it was compassionate. It was believable. It was it was beautiful, and it was brave to the extent. But I, I do have a but. <laughs> <So>, yeah, <there's, laughs> uh, my
1: first thought was that comes with a level of privilege.
0: Well, that's what I was about to say. You know, certainly that comes with a level of privilege.
1: Not to say that that's wrong. I think it's no. it's a very noble, um, ideal to have. But I mean, as a photographer, I think that it comes with incredible privilege. I don't know of many photographers
0: who could take such a stance. Right. And, yeah. um, and I'm not sure if he totally recognized that. I thought maybe he gave a little nod. I don't fully remember. Maybe he got a little bit of a nod to that. But I, I'm not sure that he understood how privileged. Yes, he understood that, you know, he, he had to be somewhat brave, as this may have a ding his, the, the, you know, the trajectory of his career. But he was willing to take that. He was willing to make that move. But still yet, still yet he was in a very privileged position. But in any case, he got to where he wanted. He was able to have the mandate in his pro- in his career, in his profession um, amongst his peers that I will not, and you know, mind you, this is a photographer that shoots top shelf editorials for some of the best magazines in the world. Um, you know, shoot covers for magazines and so forth. And as we know, we know where fashion is. Fashion is a lot of exotic skins. And fashion is still inclusive um, of of the production of fur. So what, what fur. was
1: his what was he what was his experience? He had to work around it, or he, or people made changes and exceptions for him. He
0: worked around it, and people make exceptions and changes for him. And then you know, and his career sort of continued apace. However, he got the bump. He got an extra bump when he um, shot the royal family. And that being the, the royal, well, yes, he shot the whole royal family, but also was the photographer for, what's what's her name? Meghan, Markle. yeah. Um, Meghan Markle and, mm-hmm. and and the husband. And um, <laughs> Sorry, that's just so funny. What's that husband?
1: <laughs>
0: I'm not a royalist. In it's case. not even that. It just
1: makes me laugh that she's so famous that you're like, Meghan Markle and the man that touches himself to her
0: yeah those people you know but what he what he did recognize was that um a he was he was he stood on his soapbox he made a bold choice a bold choice that impacts a lot of people positively as he saw it and he was able to come out of the other side more emboldened, more famous, more more desired, if you will, and it
1: culminated in him shooting Meghan Markle and and the man that touches himself to her. I, I, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> <Absolutely>. <laughs> I just want to call him that forever. Let's let, let,
0: let's do that. Let's do that. And why shouldn't he? He's a man, right?
1: That is attached to her, whereas <laughs> that's never happened with the royal family.
0: But um, but I like his talk because essentially he's saying we can all do our part. We may have to, you know, go out on a limb. We may not know what the outcome of that is going to be, but if we're going to impact, yeah, there was a certain bit of radicalism within his privilege uh, for sure. But he was just like, we can all, you know, stand on the soapbox of our values and, and, and make a choice and make a choice and, he made a choice. I feel like I'm preaching for him now, and I made a choice, <laughs> and I'm on the other side. But yes, but he was on the on the other side, and I thought that was a compelling. While it wasn't like didactic, it wasn't about it wasn't about instruction. It was about storytelling, and in that storytelling, I thought it was uh, I thought it was quite uh, I thought it was quite poignant. Now moving on to technology, and um, moving on to technology and innovation, or rather, no, let's go down to new consumers and new markets. In that, in that bucket, Trisha Shetty, this human rights activist from India, like she shut down this room. She, sh- she spoke about human rights and human wrongs. And she wasn't really indicting the fashion community per se. She was just indicting culture and people. And how dare us allow the rape and the, the 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 molestation of women in India and beyond, you know, to to continue a pace in the way that has been like she gave such devastating devastating examples around how women are treated in India, how young girls are treated, how there's no justice for these young women um, in India. She gave the case of a of a of a young girl who was raped. And her father, who was incredibly poor, like what just made this his cause Celeb to make sure that this woman got justice. He had to go in hiding. She lives her life in hiding. She's on the road. She can't stay in a hotel or stay in any place, you know, more than essentially 24 hours or be out of the country. So she really illustrated some of the some really, really devastating um examples of how women and young girls are treated in India and um and 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 a call and a call to action. And I thought that was important in that you know we're talking about India and the manufacturing capabilities there, and that being one of the emerging markets as well um, uh, in, in this new frontier. Um, but I think what so her oh I,
1: sorry, you know, go on.
0: I was going to say what her call out was like. Okay, you may be looking at India to do business, do manufacturing, but we cannot ignore these horrible conditions right in the backyards of of, of some of these um, of some of these manufacturers, for example. So
1: that's an interesting one because. I- and that for me is quite impressive because it, it seems like it wasn't just fashion talking to and about fashion. But from that vantage point, what was the general temperature? Is it because obviously fashion is largely connected to culture. It, it timestamps, it allows us to have conversations and, you know, imbues feeling and, and how we treat each other. And, you know, there's a I think there's a lot psychologically that fashion impacts on culture
0: mm-hmm.
1: so in terms of obviously she's saying this is an emerging market and you know before you come kind of knocking on, on our door these are our perils this is what we're fighting this is was it a invitation for collaboration was there a, was it a deterrent like what what's the kind of vantage point obviously there's a large educational component and being culturally aware and globally aware but what was the framing in which she was Speaking to the room.
0: Well, I, 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 really think you know. First, it was like it was dropping knowledge. I really do think that that room was is not was not steeped in that knowledge at all. No,
1: of course. No, that
0: room was not steeped in that knowledge. But to so the point
1: it, of actionable change, what what's the what would be the actionable next steps? For well,
0: instance? I, 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 and I, I don't want to um, do any disservice to her into is, as to how she laid out her her plan. But I must say though, from my takeaway there. I would call it a less I mean the, the as I said, the examples were so, I mean, they're so devastating. They were it's so really devastating. So hard. I feel that it was it was first to like, okay, digest that. Digest that, process that. And then, you know, in your determination about, as I said, doing any business in the region and so on and so forth. Making
1: sure that you're conscious of the surroundings and making sure you're trying to impose, I guess, best practices. How are women being treated? Who's at the helm of these businesses? And it it's, goes back to, I guess, you know, manufacturing processes and human rights within the larger infrastructure of fashion.
0: Well, yeah. With the, and and as, as I said, this goes beyond the larger infrastructure of fashion. And if you look at the title again, Human Rights and Human Wrongs. It was. It, she really stuck to that. So she illustrated some of the, the ill, some of the, the awfulness that human beings carried out. So we're talking about human rights, but she's illustrating just from the perspective of like the the the, the horribleness that the that a that a, a human being, the horrible things that a human being can um, impose upon another or another group of people. It was really, it was really, really, really powerful. This is a woman that you would want, um, you know, in our in our bubble. We may see a little something on television, and oh, oh, those poor people. But she really brings it to your. She really brings it to your front door. She really brings that that visual, that understanding to your to your front door. And I thought that was really powerful. And one one of her points that I thought was also very um, salient is that she was not trying to make this about you know these poor Indian people and how poorly the Indian man. Treats the the treats the the Indian girl or the Indian woman. She was just like this. Have applications in France. This has applications in other places that you know you may not view as like as as you know highly patriarchal or the man is like completely running roughshod over a woman. Like this has applications to everywhere. Of let's course, not take this. Let's not take this as all oh, those poor savage Indian people it's, it's and their not, conduct and I think that was that's fierce. A
1: really important point about. Um, this idea of third world issues and third world problems, because even human trafficking is a huge issue in the US, which is something that I think a lot of people find surprising. It, it's go. just not exclusive to the third world.
0: There you go. So that was that was illuminating. And I'll just I'll do a little shout out to some other things. Um, Rosanna Ahmed uh, spoke on respecting, reframing, and reclaiming Africa's cultural opportunity. So she spoke about, she actually the way that she made her delivery was like Africa is her mother. And it was like an homage to the motherland. And it's about, fine, you you, you may see all the, the, the potentials and the prospects in, in, in Africa, but she's not about uh, coming through and pillaging and picking from. No, you honor her. You honor her majesty. She has... She, She went through the. She went to African history. She laid out, you know, the queens that came before her. in In the back of her was an image of like, you know, the the. the, I think she's Ethiopian or I think I may have her or Kenyan. I think I may have that wrong, but in any case, she her ancestors were in the background. She was. She really spoke to the majesty and to the you know to the wealth of Africa and at least historically and presently that we don't always, that doesn't always stay in the narrative currently. And I thought that was a, that was a, a, a nice homage. And then even just even asides, like the, this, this, the she fighter, Lina Khali- Khalifa, she's from Jordan. And she her the title of her talk was, I was born a she fighter. And there was something, she was quite funny. And she's talking about like, Empowerment through, you know, through fighting, and she goes around the world, and she's taught everyone from, you know, Obama to, you know, young girls in Malaysia and across the world about uh, defending themselves and empowering themselves through, uh, through defense. And yeah, that's that important. Kind of, yeah, so, you, so
1: you're seeing I have you're, a three year old who's about to take a jiu jitsu class
0: as she should, mm-hmm. as she should, and so it's that you're you're getting the pastiche that uh, that Imran and his team uh, assembled at this event. It was really it, you see how cultural it is. It's fashion, but it's definitely, definitely cultural. And I that was the most um, that was really that was telling to me. That was telling. It wasn't just a fashion, you know, this fashion scripted thing. It had it had other it had other variables. Now, one thing you didn't ask about was uh, how did this diversity uh, inclusivity thing, or if it came up.
1: I did ask that. I just didn't ask that on the microphone, but that was one of my first questions as to how was that framed and positioned and was that forgotten about and did he address it or was it addressed in other topics at all?
0: Well, I will mention this. I went to the McKenzie, uh, the Business of Fashion does an annual report with McKenzie that speaks to the 10 big issues in fashion uh, in the coming year in 2020. And one of them was sort of, and in this forum, I must say they didn't get a they didn't get a chance to go so deep 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 in all the in all the forecast. But one of them was oh the social responsibility surrounding inclusivity and diversity and so forth. But I have to say the 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 speaker the two speakers they just brush stroke over it like oh yes 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 yes, yes of course you know social justice and diversity inclusivity. It was literally like a, a a box to check. And I had to actually I raised my hand in that form and I had to sort of take them to task like well you know they they collect this data from speaking to executives in this company that's how they got they, they get the information as to what they have determined are the big issues but i'm like what exactly have what have these executives told you about their approach what exactly are they doing can you can, can, can we have some examples as to how they're you know mining their ranks at, or how they're doing you know recruitment in order to diversify their ranks how are they going about this <laughs> I got a sort of performative answer. <laughs> I, but do you
1: think that that's in reaction to everything BOF and Imran has faced? Or do you think that's because it has been such a prominent topic, they kind of wanted to give more airtime to other things? Like, why did they gloss over it? It just seems a bit specific.
0: It, well, th- that's actually a good point. And I don't want to speak too largely to that because I wasn't there last season, for example. I wasn't there the prior year. You know, in many ways, these issues could have been aired out um, and say they were, they were going to be the 2019 or the 2080 issue. So I, I don't know. But I, would, I will say that, yes, considering what has taken place over this last year, you would think that the, the forum would have tackled those issues um, more sort of roundly. And But I do think that... Or at
1: least they'd have more to say in their address to you because it has been so prevalent.
0: Well, there there is a forum that was assembled that I can't speak about because we did agree to keep um, what was discussed in that forum uh, in that forum. And so, yes, we did have a let's call it a roundtable. We did have a roundtable of um, of, let's say, players in the diversity movement. There were there were definitely some of us there. I will consider myself um, one of them. And I was invited to that round table, And we had a spirited discussion we That's had a spirit so discussion. Obviously I'm sorry this
1: is the only thing that I want to speak about now. I'm well, like who was there? What well, was said? yeah,
0: no. I uh, unfortunately I can't I can't reveal that. But one thing I will say
1: but is that not and this isn't to disrespect that decision and whatever, but isn't that largely the problem that these are all conversations that are happening behind closed doors and that the larger audience aren't able to participate? Well... Like, what what good is that having a closed door conversation where people are telling the truth but not actually putting it out there?
0: Well, you know, I will respond to that by saying it was, I think it was important to have that closed door discussion because one of the things that was determined, and not that this is like a huge surprise, but one of the things that was determined in that forum is that we have varying views on the issue one however we have or rather we angle the issue differently so several of us came to that conversation from different angles
1: and that's okay we don't all have to agree but I think there is a branded notion of inclusivity and authenticity and that is it's kind of it's bullshit and it's it's surface and no one's really having the real 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 discussions and they're having them behind closed doors because I'm hearing that oh well LVMH, they're having you know think tanks and at uh, the larger conglomerates and the brands, and it's it's very behind closed doors. We're not really sure what's happening, but what's being projected is a larger brand view of these things. And I, I'm wondering how helpful that is. So it's it's just interesting that within this forum, probably one of the most topical issues um with probably players that included heavy hitters and decision makers and could have been real cause for dialogue and change was behind closed doors, won't ever get spoken about. And I understand it was behind closed doors probably so that people could tell the truth and feel free to have a spirited conversation and not a PR'd, media managed one. But you have to ask yourself, when will change happen until we are all having that conversation and listening to people in decision making positions who are telling the truth?
0: Well, your point is definitely well taken. And I don't think that that
1: just the PR of it all is just frustrating at this point.
0: Well, yeah, but I don't think that forum, as I said, it wasn't it wasn't particularly formal. Uh, formal. It was assembled sort of last minute based on just who was there, and uh, I, I thought it was important to actually have it behind closed door first, based on what was discussed in that room, and as I said, how people approached the, the the conversation from different angles. I thought, but however, by the end of that of that gathering. We, it was phenomenal how it quieted down. We understood each other. We understood that we were, we're all sort of complementing each other. Ultimately, we're all for the cause. We're complementing each other. And I actually, for me, who I I, I, think I I think a very well-rounded way on this, I was challenged and my mind was open. And so why I think that that form was important is that collectively, I think we could make some decisions in a room like that. I think people have to get together. You don't necessarily iron out the kinks in public. I think, you know, setting an agenda, if, that, if that's what that was about. I can't say it was about a setting an agenda, but I think to Imran, Imran was just like, I have these great minds around me. People are obviously vocal and passionate about this issue. Let me assemble these people and let's talk about, let's talk about yeah, this issue. So I think that forum was a great sort of starting point for, 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 for A, that conversation, getting on the same page, and then taking maybe some action from that group outside of that. Yeah, totally.
1: It's not, and to be clear, it's not an indictment. It's just interesting that when you asked at the McKinsey thing about the same thing, you got what you described as a performative answer. Yes. But then got some real answers and conversation behind closed doors. So I just, I think I'm just interested because I'm hearing a lot of this, you know, private closed doors conversations, things are changing, things are coming. I just can't tell, you know, And, and I just think it's interesting.
0: Well, one thing I will say though, from that, from that session as well, I and and I don't want to speak to I don't want to speak to other to other voices. I don't want to speak to last year, I don't want to speak to the year before because I was not there. But I still feel, even in the business of fashion organization, from my observation and um and just from my observation, I still don't feel I'm only speaking for people of color or black people, not even people of color, because there's a lot of Indian representation, there's a lot of, you know, Chinese representation, there's representation. Um, but there is not a black elite representation. And when I say a black elite, I'm talking about black veterans. I'm talking about people steeped in this business. There, and you know, this business is very relational. And in that forum, I still have to say that I feel that there's a dearth of black allies and there's a dearth of black voices. I have to tell you, and I, I, I want to punctuate it on this note, and maybe we can revisit this, and please, I don't want to cut you off if you have anything else to say, but the next Voices is in Brazil, and that is in. They make that. They made that announcement at this Voices, and it's to take place in April. I find that to be problematic, and I'm not gonna. I, I don't think this is the right time to dive into that. But I find that to be problematic, and I'm I'm gonna watch this space, and maybe we can revisit this in another in another um, conversation. But I'm gonna watch this space because you know that is actually a culture and a country that you need to, and considering what's going on there, considering what has happened there and what's going on now, one needs a very, uh, one needs to understand, culturally speaking, what's happening down there, particularly with the black uprising, uh, a, a movement that is not yet recognized by the white establishment, but it's very much percolating. So Business of Fashion is going to do, a, 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 essentially, a Voices in Brazil in April, you know, at a Vazano, you know, similar to the to this, uh, Soho house that it took place in the Cotswolds. And I am I'm, I'm very curious as to how this is going to unfold because that's a territory I know incredibly well. I know the power players and I know the disenfranchised. So I'm I'm very curious as to how they're going to merge those two worlds. And they have to. They have to give shine and light to both of those. Never mind that the the power base is paying for their for their presence there. So how are they going to include the once disenfranchised that are now coalescing and are now forming a movement? So. I'm interested in that. I'm hoping that this is not a money grab and I'm hoping that there is going to be a real careful study and crafting of this effort in Brazil.
1: Mm, that's, yeah,
0: we should talk about it. We should definitely talk about this. Well, on that note, Henrietta, I hope I have imparted, um, you know, enough of my experience there of voices. I would love if you and I were there. Oh, okay. I mean, actually, to be honest, you and I should actually moderate a forum at business of forces, it's very, it's very us. It's very, it's very the way we think. Is you know, it's very the way we we have conversations. It's very, it's very much up our alley. It's you know, and we like, we love these big ideas. We love thinkers. It's really, and never mind that there are tons of of talents and people that um that we would want to talk to from there. Never mind, I didn't even get into the the circularity. Circularity was a big talk of this, um, a big topic of this talk as well. So really strong issues emerge from, 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 from this, this event. And it was incredibly produced. I think Bureau of is one of the producers and, you know, I, I, I was quite impressed by that. Like everything, sometimes in Europe, you're like, um, you know, things are, <laughs> things are not tight, but it was tight. It was tight. And also another observation is like, as you said, I wish that, I know it's broadcasted through, you know, different platforms, but what takes place there, I think should have a much much wider audience. I wish a more general, general pop audience would have access to some of the ideas that are being discussed in that form. It shouldn't just be um, consigned to the great minds out there. It should be. It should really be opened up to.
1: They should to, put it on Netflix.
0: They should put it on Netflix. They really should put it on on Netflix. Um, put it all out there because it's a it's a very 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 powerful the powerful. And um, on that note, we will see you the next time.
1: Mm -hmm. Bye-bye.
0: Bye.